535, heading south to Laredo. About to pick us some pounds so we can make us some queso. No luggage in the trunk, just me and Ski. Headed back down to Texas, now we serving these beans. What's up and welcome to the I-35 Connection. Guess who's back, guys? It's Mila. Mila, is that you? Because you just said I-35 connection, not sports connection. So it's definitely been a minute since you've been on the show. Okay, yeah, my bad. Ooh, rusty. Mm. Rusty, rusty, rusty. I mean, I understand. You just had the unperfect weekend for your first time in history, I think. It was so awful. Oh, so awful. Do you know what an unperfect weekend is, guys? Let me tell y'all. An unperfect weekend is the opposite of the perfect weekend. Let's remind everybody that the perfect weekend, which I've had multiple times, is when all of your teams, including fantasy, win. And that was on the way last year to a fantasy championship where you had multiple perfect weekends along the oh, way. It was it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. But this weekend, this weekend is dedicated to the shitter that it went to. Uh, K-State lost. Uh, the Cowboys lost. Both my fantasy teams lost. It sucked. And the Chiefs didn't really look that impressive. I know we won. And I know everybody's going, hey, this is the best game Mahomes has had all year. But, like, you almost let the game go. And we're going to talk about that. But let's start in reverse chronological order. <sighs> all right. Let's, let's get on with the shit show that it was. Let's talk about the abomination for Sunday night football. Against a San Fran team who the last two years in the playoffs, mm-hmm. you've seen, mm-hmm. they've kicked your ass out the last two years. Mm-hmm. Not this bad, but yeah. And now you're facing them. And now we're a joke of the league. Basically, whose team is going to be on the road? That was what was basically on the line, right? Because I think all rational fans still think the Cowboys are going to be in the playoffs. Right. Mm, so I this- must be irrational. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this game was definitely more about where are we playing? Your place or mine? So give me your thoughts as the resident uh, Miss Bookit 2024 I mean, Cowboys I'll fan. I'll still say it forever, even if I don't believe it. But my God, there were so many things that went wrong, which everybody's knee jerk reaction is, oh my God, Dak, three interceptions. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was pretty shitty. That was a, a bad, bad game from him. But that was arguably maybe the least of our concerns. We don't have an offensive coordinator, and that is very apparent. That game, or that play calling was so lackluster, it's like not even funny. I'm not saying, but I'm saying, if you go to the season preview show, was was AAA the one that called out Kellen Moore being the biggest off-season issue for the Cowboys? Not the the loss of certain players, not the drafting of certain players, but the biggest factor that I thought for success for the Dallas Cowboys was one Kellen Moore. Yeah. Um, also, the defense. I mean, granted, they were out there on the field like 90% of the game, but they also didn't look really great. And that's very concerning. Like, that, I, in my life, I have never, ever shut off a game. I, I will ride or die till the end. I'm a little under the weather, and I'm a little emotional. And I was like, you know what? Nope. Nope, I'm going to turn it on Bob's Burgers. I can't do this anymore. And even AAA was like, wait, are you sure? And I'm like, change the channel. Yeah, I think we changed it on interception number two and not yeah. number three. But do it. where do you want to start first? Are we going to talk Dak first? Are we going to talk Mike McCarthy and his great O coordinator skills, which are non-existent? 
or are we going to talk the defense? Let, let's talk Dak first because I feel like he's a low-hanging fruit here. Three interceptions is not a good look. He went back to back to back. and Some quarterbacks three throw three touchdowns. Dak Prescott likes to throw three interceptions. I don't know. And, and the ones that I saw, one was, uh, hey, fuck it. I'm just going to launch the ball down there in double coverage and see what the fuck happens. Like, yeah. I don't... There was no reason to throw that. And it was as he was falling backwards on the back on his back foot. Like it wasn't even a mystery. It was just, let's see what the hell happens. And like for a team like the Cowboys going up against the Niners, where you really have no margin of error to even risk that, I was surprised. But then to go back to back to back and just look shell shocked on the sideline. That was, that's what was concerning of me. At no point did that Cowboys sideline look that they were in the game or thinking they were going to win this game. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. That is... <sighs> I think that narrative that the really Cowboys mediocre. pumped out about like, oh, this is going to be great for Dak, the Mike McCarthy offense, a West Coast mm-hmm. offense that's, that's predicated on quick release timed routes is not in Dak's no, like it's no. not suitable to how Dak it's, plays quarterback right right that is I would agree and, that that's farthest from the truth and not just reality. to Dak but with the shitty ass offensive line where your timing is going to be thrown off yeah. it's very reminiscent of the Romo days where he was running for his life but at least Romo would throw it away he wouldn't throw interceptions so I, I don't know I don't know how much worse it could get I do but I, I hmm. What happened to the Cowboys team that beat the shit out of the Giants? Where is that team? I think that's the thing is that like everybody got too excited off of a disgustingly bad Giants team. Which the Giants will be playing the Patriots soon. And I think that that is going to be a hilarious game to watch. But anyway, side note. A disgustingly bad Jets team. And everybody was like, oh, Mike McCarthy's got this. The offense looks great. It's like, no, you no, beat some really yeah. shitty teams. We should have beat the Cardinals. I don't know what happened there. And I think that's what happened. A team with suspect talent ran you, mm-hmm. right? And I, I think everybody was like, oh, they just were looking past this game. It's like, no, no, no. There's some warning signs here that we need to recognize. The flags are going up. We're just ignoring them. Yep. Like the defense got cooked by a Dobbs. What happens when you go... With a McCaffrey, mm. an Ayuk, a Debo that was basically riding the streets like on on Friday, right, and just punked you like yeah. a boast. Like this team destroyed you in every facet of the game. Like I don't even have, I have no bright spots for the offense no. in this game. No, there there are no bright spots. Um, in fact, if anything to come out of this game were injuries. <laughs> so like, yay. Leighton Van Der Esch is injured again indefinitely. Um, Turpin is injured with an ankle injury indefinitely. Like, it's it's rough. So I think we talked about Dak enough, but like what I'm really concerned about before we get to the defense is the fact that I I noticed zero changes from Mike McCarthy Mm -hmm. or adjustments. Yeah, there were no adjustments. None whatsoever. It was like, oh, let's just stick it out. I was like, no, no, no. I don't think that's the way to go. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess um, on to the defense. Yeah, um, who knew uh, Diggs was that? Uh, I knew Diggs was a great baller, 
But I didn't know the defense was going to crumble without him. And mm-hmm. that's really what it looks like, especially in that secondary. There was multiple times, and this is really hard to do in the modern NFL with the way games are filmed, where a pass was completed to a Niners receiver, and I didn't see a Cowboys <laughs> a player uh, within two to three yards yeah, of him. It's wild. Like, one not those, even on screen. One of those uh, passes to, what's the title's Kittle. name? One Kittle, of the Kittle yes. touchdowns. Yeah, it was like, wait, was there any defender here? What's going on? I think, I think it was a second touchdown. Yeah, I, think, I think on the second touchdown, the ball was snapped, and I, I turned to you and I said, touchdown. The ball hadn't been thrown, but you saw him already break off the line wide open, yeah. and you saw the Cowboys guy sprinting for his life to try to catch him. But obviously it was too late. Like, if I can see that, and you're watching the game at home, and they show you 22 personnel, or uh, they show you all 22 film for just the snap, right? Just the very beginning, then they zoom in to where the ball is and the quarterback and the movement. But in that brief half second of that ball being snapped and you seeing the entire scope of the field, you already knew it was a touchdown. Like, mm-hmm. that's how off you were. Yeah. Not a good look. And I, good look. I didn't see Micah, like, at all, you know, make an impact in this game. Tank didn't make an impact. Gilmore didn't. Like, no one made an impact in this yeah, game. Yeah, I think that just getting down early like that really, I don't know, just – took the the wind out of the sails I, I don't know really lackluster performance really this is a a perfect example of mediocrity I couldn't tell if the run defense was good or if the Niners I mean when your guys are three yards open down the field do you even want to try to run the ball or do you just keep throwing it all over a bad secondary right yeah. like I couldn't tell if the Cowboys actually played good run defense or if the pass defense was so bad the Niners didn't really even try to run you know yeah, what I'm saying? I, who knows? <sighs> and you look at the dichotomy here between a Brock Purdy and a Dak Prescott, who one quarterback's ranked in the top 10 of quarter, or quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. The other one was the last pick of the NFL draft. And one has a coach that makes it fit his skill set. Yep. Another one. Kyle Shanahan is a wizard. I will yep. say that. And another one had a coach at the beginning of the year go, this is Dak's team. He knows the place. He'll call the place. He'll make the adjustments. It's on him for the offense. It sounds like a scapegoat waiting to happen, if you ask me. Yeah, Mike McCarthy isn't long for this world much longer. Yeah, I just wish it wasn't this season when we have all the talent, but, you know. Anyways, um, should we digress? Because I'm getting depressed again. Yeah, let's go into the Chiefs. Okay, I like that. Let's get into the Chiefs. They won. That's a bright spot for the weekend. I think that's... All you can really say, though, is that the Chiefs won 4-1. and one. This doesn't feel like a 4-1 and one team. This doesn't feel like a Super Bowl team to me. It was a very pedestrian win over a Vikings team that you let back into the game. It was good coaching, though, at the end. Yeah, it was. I'll say this. It was a great third quarter. And just like in the NBA, that third quarter is when those adjustments really make an impact. And I think... The Chiefs did a great job of coming out and putting two very crucial drives together to really put, I don't want to say put the game away because the Vikings almost came back, but that third quarter is basically what won you the game. So what concerns me though is I'm still to this day, to this day, waiting for a wide receiver to step up. Mm -hmm. And it's starting to look like it might be Rice. 
But Kelsey can't do it all on his own, basically. And I know he's not a wide receiver, but he's really the one grabbing the points here. So he can't do it all on his own. He needs help, especially with that ankle. Yeah. I mean, this game alone, Kelsey had 10 receptions. You'd have to add up one, two, three. The four next ball cat receivers of this team to equal to what Kelsey got, to even be close. Is that not concerning? That like it's a little concerning. It's a lot concerning, actually. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to get worried. And like I'm also starting to get worried that like we tend to forget about the running back in the passing game because what was successful last game and got the Chiefs going was getting the running backs involved in the passing game. And when the Chiefs started to struggle in this game, they didn't go back to the running backs in the passing game and it opens so much up. It's what opens Kelsey up. It's what opens your wide receivers up because people start to cheat. And if we forget about the running backs in the passing game, which I think this offense is desperate for to be good, to be consistent, then you're going to have situations like this where a Vikings team is going to get back into the game because you're going to stall out on drives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with any of that. And I'm not saying, but I'm saying to the people who thought Justin Ross was going to be wide receiver one, mm. no. no. I, I, I don't know how many times I got to tell you you took a flyer on him. He's not overnight going to go to day one, number one. They're going to do everything they can for Sky Moore to be the guy, for Tony to be the guy, for Rice to be the guy. Everybody that they spent draft capital on, they're going to try to get those guys to be the guy. Yeah. Now, I will say this does speak to Patrick Mahomes and what he's able to do because he's able to move that ball around with a bunch of like meh. Yeah, and I think that really does speak to Patrick, and that's a great, great point, is that like, even with no one stepping up, the Chiefs are still winning here. And if you want like positives, the positives is that like, you do see the Chiefs starting to get better each and every week, start to inch up, right? And you don't want to be playing your best football right now. Like what you, you should be doing in football, getting better every week, wow. So by the end of the year, you can be great. Now... I do want to call out one thing, and like I know the commentator crew for this game was all over how great Spags was, and oh my God, look at all this. Your favorite guy ever. <laughs> if you are not concerned that the only way the Chiefs are able to pressure the quarterback right now is through a multitude of blitzes, then I'm sorry that you just don't see what's coming. You played a Vikings team whose best wide receiver got hurt in the game, who had idiotic penalties, who turned the ball over, that really saved you defensively and saved you in the outcome of this game. Mm -hmm. Without those things, the Chiefs could have been looking at a loss here. And the fact that the commentators were gushing over how great the defense was, I'm sorry. Like, yes, the secondary is stepping up. They're young. They're growing. They're playing very well. But we are sacrificing a lot to make them look good because we can't pressure the quarterback. And it's going to bite us when we play a team with an extremely talented quarterback and an extremely talented wide receiver who, oh shit, we're in the A of fucking C and we are going to play that. It, it may be Miami, may be Buffalo, if Cincinnati can get it back together. This type of defense isn't going to work against a Tuo Waddle, Tyreek Hill. It's not going to work against a Diggs and an Allen. True. And we've seen the last few years, it sure as hell isn't going to work against a Burrow and a Chase. So take the win, be happy, but know that this ain't the blueprint. 
I agree. Yeah, I mean, I I think the most concerning team in the FCA right now is going to be the Dolphins. Like, Tyreek and Tua, I don't know, there's something special there. I didn't foresee it happening, but that boy got some speed on him. Yeah, it's... It's a bad team to play for Kansas City because that offense, like of all the teams, mm-hmm. I'd rather play Buffalo. I'd rather yeah. play Cincinnati. Right. I don't want to see the Dolphins in the playoffs, not because I don't want to play against Tyreek or because of that drama or I don't want the storyline. It's because that offense with that speed and Tua's ability to get rid of the ball quickly is dangerous for your defense mm-hmm. and for the way that Spags plays you because it's one thing – to blitz and have enough time to recover. There is no recovering when you're guarding a Tyreek Hill or a Waddle. If they get by you, they get by you. If I have to send somebody else to go cover the route because I blitz that corner, I'm screwed. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work out for me. So that's just something to watch. And that's a little like, hey, we will visit this later on down the road. Mm-hmm. So let's talk now about our beloved K-State Wildcats, who I really thought that this might be the year. Like, the SEC's down. You had so much talent returning. And you've already lost two games. And you didn't just lose them. You gave the games away. And it was something you don't typically see from a veteran team. Veteran QB, veteran offensive line, veteran running backs. Veteran key pieces on defense. Defense is not great. But, like, you not only lost, you lost the teams that, like, aren't going to – like, Oklahoma State is not, not a good team. Yeah, they're not going to do anything this year. I mean, what? This is a team that, for the first few games this year, had a quarterback, quarterback carousel going on. That lost to South Alabama. That lost to – that barely squeaked out a win over Arizona State. Like, this – Oklahoma State is not a good team, and they should have been fighting for the bottom of the Big 12 – but that, that could be you now. Like, I can't say with confidence that we're going to beat a KU this year. Yeah, I I don't even know. Like, I for whatever reason, we always struggle against Oklahoma State. And I I don't know what it is, but like this Friday, maybe it was because it was Friday night. I don't know. But there is zero reason we should have lost to them in the manner that we did, too. Yeah, and... Does this eliminate you from the Big 12 title game? Technically, no. Technically, you went out. You'll still get into the Big 12 title game. But the way you're playing, yeah, you're yeah, you're, you're out. Like, there's no way. I, I And I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like, I don't even know if we could be KU this year. That's pretty sad to say. Pretty damn sad to say. And I want to, like, put a lot of this on Will Howard. And a lot of this is on Will Howard. But I'm going to say one thing. At some point, the coach has to protect the player from himself. Mm -hmm. And if you are giving Will Howard opportunities to just fucking chuck the ball down there or make the wrong read, then you need to rein him in, simplify the offense, Mm -hmm. quick passes, and get the ball out. And for the love of God, don't forget you have two great running backs Mm -hmm. who... Use them. Yeah, use them. Use them. And I'm not just talking about in the running game. Make the easy pass in the screen game. and Do a damn bubble screen game. Do something. But Will Howard is showing you right now that his confidence is rattled mm-hmm. and he cannot be trusted to go through the progressions because he is not seeing it. 
lots and lots of similarities to Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. I know people are going to hate that I say that, but the inability to change the game plan when you see that it's failing is beyond me right now. For your quarterback to sit there and try to make things happen, I how many interceptions did uh, Will Howard throw? Like two or three, right? Three picks, yeah. just like Dak, three. And, and I think that similarity similarity is very good there, right? Like, Scary good. Yeah, I don't like it. You're seeing it. And what pisses me off here is that like in the Cowboys game, you didn't have a chance to win once those interceptions ha- started to happen. You still had a chance to win this game. That's how bad Oklahoma State is. Yeah. And you did not change. Yeah. And you did not change. I mean, the... the the game was very winnable at the end, but I think that Will Howard just got into his head like way, way too much. And at that point, there was no fixing it. And I think by the time they brought in Avery Johnson, that was also too little too late. Like he should have been brought in for a whole quarter instead of just a few minutes here and there. Yeah, like throughout the games this year, like we've brought Avery in a little bit for the Mizzou game in he should have probably finished that game, right? If you really wanted to win that game. That was another opportunity, which fantastic that you're pointing it out that like, hey, save, you had a banged up QB in that game. Like every can finish that game out, right? And we're not saying you should have pulled Will Howard, but you damn sure should have changed the game plan, especially when one running back was getting four yards a pop, the other was getting six and a half yards a pop. And you just forgot about your running backs for large chunks of this game. Weird. It was very weird, very unlike Chris Kleiman. And you know how to get a wide receiver open really, really well? It's to have a fantastic run game, which you have. And you have a dominant offensive line, but if you don't do it and you're not setting up your pass to help a struggling quarterback out, then you're going to have situations like this. And I hope that we learn from it because if there's one thing the Kleiman era has taught us is that like we can't go on a bit of a roller coaster ride. And damn it, we're at the bottom. So we better be coming up. Coming up, yeah. The pressure's off, right? The pressure to repeat as Big 12 title champions should be gone because it's unlikely that we get back there. But if we went out, we can get there. But the players have to feel like it's probably lost. So that pressure off the shoulders, right, of all those vets that are on the team. New Year's Six Bowl, that pressure is sure as hell off of you. Goodbye. (laughs) It's gone. So just go out and play. You're probably going up against a backup quarterback this next week. But, I mean, hell, you went up against, uh, at one point, first, second, third against Oklahoma State because yeah. of throughout the season at where these p- different quarterbacks were playing. I know they only had won this game, but he'd played at multiple different mm-hmm. times. So I'm just curious to see what we do next. And you're going up against a Texas Tech team. that was Lubbock at that too. Tough place to play. But – this next game here, this is all about the big disappointments. Texas Tech this year was supposed to be a dark horse candidate. They're not. You were supposed to have a shot at going back to the Big 12 title game. Probably not. So, like, this might be make or break season right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really sad because, uh, you know, you saw the beef. They all decided to come back, and it's kind of wasted now. And it's like, damn, maybe Cooper Beebe should have gone to the league. I don't know. So let's turn this unperfect weekend that we had this week to the perfect weekend. Yours wasn't an unperfect. It was just mine. Don't bring, don't bring yourself down with me. Let me wallow in my pity. Let's shoot for a perfect weekend this week. Hit us up at i35sportscxn on Twitter. We out of here.